All right, guys, before we get started today, I want to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85 plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like key plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the key plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly, powered by YouTube TV. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. And Money, I feel like every single week we've done this during the offseason, there's been some huge, gigantic news, whether it's Chargers news or AFC West-related news. This week, uh, we were able to kind of take a little bit of a breath and answer some fan questions. So I put this out on Twitter this morning and got a ton of responses. So uh, I'm excited to answer some fan questions with you today. Yeah, as am I. Uh, you know what? It makes makes the uh, the show prep a little bit easier on us, right? All yeah. we do is get some questions. Although, you know, I guess they could jump me uh, if they, they want. I don't. You did not share with me what questions you plucked from your uh, your Twitter feed. So I, I will certainly have to be on my toes here as I'm wow. getting ready for the draft in about a month. No question. Well, I, listen, I'm going to try to get to all of them because okay, I want to shout everybody out, man. We we have so many people that listen to the pod and, and we're so appreciative. Um, some are, are duplicates, so we'll, we'll get to those in a bit. But let's just start right off the rip here. Uh, Money, your rankings of the AFC West currently. And if you're too biased, which free agent do you think will contribute to the most to the culture that Staley is building? Uh, it, it, look, I think it's crazy to to it's just hard to project because so much has changed yeah. you know how how much and that's such a stupid thing to say it's so obvious but it's just like I don't it's a brand new head coach how much is the defense going to fall off without Vic Fangio because it's going to how much is the offense going to take a jump with Russell Wilson because it's going to um you know with Derek Carr is Devontae Adams enough to overcome what I still think is a super suspect offensive line you know, so, but at the same time, then you look at that trio of receivers, take your pick, man. You got Devonte Adams, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. That is a nightmare to, to deal with. Um, you know, they, they add Chandler Jones. I think that's an upgrade on Yannick Agakwe, who had a huge impact last year. And, and obviously I think the chiefs are going to take a step back. I just do. I, I, we, we have been on way too many of these road trips to Kansas city, Chris, where we're sitting in snack or the meal room and we're talking to assistant coaches and you can just see it on their face. And yes, Pat Mahomes is a nightmare and Travis Kelsey is a headache. But you want to talk about the guy that kept them up and freaked them out going into Chiefs week? It's Tyreek Hill. You know, that offense yeah. is going to change, it, it, you know, and it's going to be less stressful for, you know, they won't tell you this. Um, and maybe I'm, you know, I'm putting them on the spot here, but it's going to be less stressful for Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill. It just is. So. You know, who do I think is the most impactful free agent? I mean, look, Devontae Adams is in the conversation as the best receiver. You know, if we're only talking about free agency, if we're talking about trades, then obviously you bring, you know, Khalil Mack and, and um, Russell Wilson into the mix. Like, if we're talking about all the moves, Russell Wilson. You know, I mean, that's that's a stacked Denver offense. That, that pass-catching group, man, they're, they're a headache. You know, they, they are an absolute headache. Cortland Sutton's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. I think Jerry Judy with a competent quarterback. You know, I remember what Jerry Judy looked like in college, man, and it was impressive. That dude can run routes. He is exceptional after the catch. So that's obviously your number one free agent move or trade or offseason move, if that's how you want to label it. Uh, to me, Khalil Mack is, is right behind it. You know, to me, Devontae Adams and Khalil Mack are like, 2A and 2B, just because, you know, Derek Carr has always had issues pushing the ball downfield, holding the ball, allowing plays to develop. You know, that was always John Gruden and Mike Mack sort of, you know, issue with him is let the play develop. Let's take some shots. And he finally started doing that last year. And you saw that offense take that next step. And I think by having someone he has implicit trust with in Devontae Adams, that that very well may allow that offense to take another another step. So if I got to rank them one, Russell Wilson, I'm doing a tie for second with Khalil <laughs> Mack and, and, uh, and, and Devonte Adams. And we've talked about Khalil and how much I think he's going to impact this, 
this Chargers defense, you know, and the inability to double team both of those guys. You're going to have to pick your poison between Bosa and Mack, and this is going to be exceptional to see on those edges. Yeah, and I would just add, Grizz James asked the the free agent that the Chargers will have uh, the most impact in, in the building with Staley and the culture he wants to build, and it's Khalil Mack. I mean, it, it, it's a guy who's been with Brandon Staley before, and I think he's just going to set the tone across that defensive line and the defense in general. And, you know, as far as ranking the AFC West right now, it's you can't do it, but you can't take the Chiefs away because they've been in the they do it every year game every you single know. year. So until somebody beats the Chiefs, Chiefs are number one. Um, and that was what was so maddening about last season is the Chiefs stumbled. They stumbled. The Chargers got them early. Yeah. And neither the the Raiders or Chargers were able to put them away. And it's just it's maddening. You know, last year was that year to, to do that. And then when you look down the table or the fixtures and you see loss to the Broncos, loss to the Texans, it just makes you, you know, say, gosh, that was such a, a window for them to take advantage of and uh, and unable to do it. And I just quickly would add, I'm, well, you know, we'll get to J.C. Jackson. I'm sure we're going to we're going to get to a question in there. Go, about him go as ahead. Well. Go, go ahead, J.C. Well, look, I think, you know, because Khalil Max, a former defensive player of the year, I, we've talked about this repeatedly. You know, the Chargers need corners. They, they have not. You know, look, Casey was really good. You know, Mike Davis has been good. They're not JC Jackson. They're not great. They, 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 you know, they have not been great corners in a season. JC Jackson has been exceptional. He's been in the conversation as the best corner in the league. That is going to change so much. Again, when you're talking about a guy that you want to lock up Devontae Adams one week, you want to lock up Cortland Sutton, the neck, like they now have that guy. So that, that can't be minimized. Either because, look, there's a reason why these wide receivers are getting paid so much money, because when the chips are down and a play needs to be made, they make the play. Yeah. So now that you have the person that can counter that, you know, now they may have to go to secondary or tertiary pass catching options. And it's not going to be, you know, Devontae Adams or Juju Smith or whomever's going to be the number one in, in Kansas City now or Cortland Sutton. So that that to me can't be, you know, Khalil Mack's the big name. But I, I think J.C. Jackson is is right in that conversation as well. Yeah, you need an elite corner in the AFC West. There's no question about it. Uh, hey, we talked about Khalil Mack. This is from Hollywood Herbie Hair Bear, big fan of the pod. Has Muddy decided on his Mack sack call? Is he waiting for it to come naturally? We've got the Bosa bomb, Bosa bolt. How excited is he to call Bosa and Mack sacks when they're both on the field together? Yeah, obviously he's been in the league for a while, so it's not something I get to introduce. The obviously is, you know, is it's a Mac attack. It's a Mac attack, a Mac truck. Yeah, exactly. It's um, I'm still working through it. I'm wondering if like instead of sack attack, if sack a Mac works, you know, it's a sack of Mac. So or a Mac a sack. It's uh, you know, I think that's kind of what I've been working through. I'm trying to I got to reach out to my guy, Jeff uh, Joniak, who I just spent some time with when we were in India at the combine, the play by play guy for the Bears and find out uh, what his call was. And plus, I'm you know, I know Greg Papa as well. And he was in Oakland doing play by play. So I got to find out what they did, make sure I don't, you know, kind of take. But I'm guessing yeah. it ad- it's an a- adaptation. You know, exactly. I'm guessing theirs was a Mac attack that it's just it's you know, it seems to be easy. Um, you know, you like rhyming, you like alliteration, Mac mauling, <laughs> it's uh, Mac, you know, so I'll, I'll work through it, but that's a great question. Cause as soon as they traded for him, I started thinking about that. You know what? It may come naturally. If both yes. and Mac both hit the quarterback at the same time, who knows what's going to come out of your mouth. Yeah. It started as a Bosa bomb. And then, yeah. and then it just kind of, I don't know. It just evolved into a Bosa bolt made more yeah. sense, obviously. So. All right, Christian Herrera asks, uh, the one position the Chargers should look into that nobody is mentioning money? Uh, returner. Mm. Nobody's talking about returner. You know, yeah. you saw, look at the difference that it made, you know, when they found a competent returner. Not, not just a competent returner, but a Pro Bowl level returner. So, like, to me, that's something they got to figure out. I don't think that player is on the roster right now. So that's that again, like you can't minimize how much different this team looked when they had someone they had confidence in uh, to return kicks and to return punts and just how many games, you know, opening kickoff, 
you know, first punt on after a three and out. Like it was, it was, it seemed like every single game, you know, you had an impact. So, like to me, that's something they got to figure out. Griffin and Cedric, just to piggyback, asked who who the next kick returner should be. Uh, Andre Roberts obviously did a fantastic job. I'd love to see him back. I know he's old, back too. But what you know, obviously, critical fumble in the Raider game. It's unfortunate that's the last thing we think about with him. But prior to that, the week before he had a he had a a kickoff return for touchdown. Exactly. So, like, I don't know why you just don't bring that guy back. And then whenever we would talk to Coach Staley about him. He said, remember, it's not just, and Tom Telesco said this as well. He goes, with with Andre, it it wasn't just the the on-field production, like it changed the room, the special teams room. Yeah. Uh when Andre Roberts showed up. So I, I think that's something to 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 think about too. Just professionalism, confidence, a guy that they saw do it. I'm I'm pulling up his numbers right now. Yeah. I mean, look, his his long kickoff return was 101 yards he had a touchdown he averaged 33 yards per return he had some um, huge returns that really set returns. the charges up in great field position yeah so i think that's to me that's that's fine now if they want to if they think they can find someone in the draft that's that's capable of doing it electric with speed you know there's a million of those guys no, i shouldn't say there's a million of those guys there are a number of players that you pick up in the mid to late rounds that make their bones on special teams you know and there are wide receivers that aren't going to be drafted early that are drafted later that are better returners than they are receivers. And you can find value there, but I have no issue with, with Andre Roberts coming back. I don't, I can't think of anybody else on the right. You look, Nas Adderley looked good doing it when, when coach Lynn put him back there a couple of years ago, remember he did that late and Nas had a couple of nice kickoff returns, but if he's going to be your starting free, you don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, could you provide some insights on Ryan Ficken's, personnel philosophies and what he's hoping to bring to the team. This is from Jeff. Jeff, I, I would probably suggest you listen to Ryan's interview with Haley. Um, they sat down uh, about a month ago. And the fact that Ryan Ficken was with the Vikings money for 15 seasons, you know, having a, a true proven track record of success with guys like Cordero Patterson and just being in that NFC North for as long as he has. I know Coach Staley did his due diligence and um, is excited what Ficken's going to bring. Yeah, look, I think there's there's a couple things with special teams coaches, right? The, the most important of which is a, a developer of talent because, you know, you're essentially handed a young, raw, fringe of the roster group of players that that you have to galvanize and develop and mold into NFL players. And outside of their performance on your special teams, they're not doing a lot out there because they're not quite at the level, you know, I hate to say it, but like, you know, talent wise, they're not at the level to earn reps. They're not rotational players. So yeah. many of them, you know, you have your core, you have your core four guys that, that, you know, play on all special teams and do get some run, you know, in, in, on offense or defense, whichever side of the ball they're on. But for the most part, you're talking about a collection of players that are from, you know, number 37 to 45 that's out there, you know, players that you don't really know. So it's so important for a special teams coach to be an exceptional communicator, whatever his philosophy is and his assignments are, they're easy to digest because so many of these players are in the infancy of their NFL careers. Um, So it's, I think when it comes to special teams philosophy, I don't think it's really so much a philosophy as it is a communicator and a developer of talent. You know, we know what special teams philosophy is. You know, you are assigned your lane. Don't screw that up. Stay yeah. there, contain, beat your one-on-one block and make the tackle, you know, when it comes to cover. Uh, when it comes to return, you're assigned your lane. You know what the blocking scheme is. Win your one-on-one and let's get our sets buster return. So, you know, I think that's that's something to remember, you know, that special. And that's one of the reasons why special teams coaches are often mentioned as really good head coaching candidates, because they that's what they do. Phases. Yeah. Yeah. They touch everyone. They're talking to defense they're talking to offense and they're developing young talent and, and helping your roster out from the back end and, and, and molding some of these players into full time, you know, either offense or defensive rotation players from just special teamers.
And I think he has a lot to build on. If, if you just look at the back half of the Chargers season on special teams, obviously Andre Roberts and, and Hopkins really boosted them in the kicking game and the return game. But there were so many young dudes that were rookies and, and guys playing for the very first time that will have a year under their belt with Coach Fick in, in 2022. Yeah. Um, money, why do teams – carry over salary cap money from year to year instead of spending it. I understand the need to have salary money for during the season, but last year the Chargers carried over quite a bit more Bob Middleton. And I'll just say I, you can carry over money. And, and I believe the rollover was like $9 million approximately yeah. um, for, for the Chargers. So I don't think we have enough time to break down the salary cap on this podcast, but uh, every team does approach it differently. Um, but the rollover, I think, for the Chargers was $9 million, which they were able to capitalize on. Yeah, look, I, I think it depends on what's, you know, what's down the road. Don't yeah. don't think of the salary cap as a, hey, this is our salary cap for 2021. No, you have to think about what the salary cap is for 2021. And if you're redoing deals, and I guess that's, look, that's the trick, right? And that's the thing that I think fans struggle with. You Because you can Unlike other leagues, you can't do it in baseball. You can't do it in hockey. You can't do it in basketball. You can't tear up a contract that is already in existence and redo it. You can't do that. In the NFL, you can. So there are teams that will spend right up to the cap in the following year. They're just going to restructure deals and they're going to convert salary to signing bonus and add on a year or whatever, however they want to structure that to create the cap room. Other teams will carry cap room over. And then that way, when it comes time, here's a perfect example. Derwin James is up for an extension. Probably wants to be the highest. Yeah, so probably wants to be the highest paid safety in the league. So that's something you've got to prepare for, you know, and and you want to have that cap available, you know, because he's probably going to want to have a deal in place before training camp starts, considering he played essentially a full season last year and played it at an incredibly high level. Yeah, and Fran asked, what do you think about Derwin's extension? Uh, I think that the Chargers value Derwin James very, very, very much. And uh, I'm confident, I'm sure a deal will get done at some point. <laughs> no question. No, I, I, would be, I would be floored if Derwin didn't get a deal done this offseason and ended up playing you know, on the fifth-year option and went into unrestricted free agency with you know the threat of a franchise tag if they can't work it out. Um, but, you know, again, I think there's a trick there. And, you know, I, th- I do think I don't think it's easy just because of the amount of money that's being thrown around. And when you try to, you know, when you try, this is what agents are going to do. They're going to say, look, the escalator from 2021 offseason to 2022 offseason for wide receivers, for quarterbacks, for defensive ends, all jumped X percentage. Let's say for wide receivers, it was. 30% because the, the contracts that wide receivers got, and I'm sure we'll get into this when it comes to the draft, are incredible. We, th- th- that was not a premier paid position outside of one or two guys until this offseason when it really took its jump. Um, so that's what agents are going to do. They're going to say, hey, if you apply this to Jamal Adams deal from last year, well, we want we don't just want Derwin to be the highest paid safety. We want him to jump by X percentage because here's the average of the collective positions that jumped because the salary comp cap jumped and it's going to jump next year and it's going to jump the year after that. So that's that's the that's the needle that you got to thread when it comes to contracts is agents are in the business of being agents. And, and the way they get more clients is by signing Derwin James to record-setting deals um, that break the mold for safeties. And I can guarantee that's what his agent's looking for. And that's, as he should, Derwin's exceptional. You know, and you know what? And the Chargers should push back and say, okay, that's not how it works. You know, here's the highest paid safety. We're going to pay you more. That's, congratulations. You represent the highest paid safety and Derwin's worth every pay. So that's that's the dance they got to do. And you just cross your fingers that nobody takes it personally and recognizes that it's just business. It's just business, baby. Yeah. Um, next question, dress for less. How do you see Austin Johnson fitting in? Starter, rotational, defensive tackle, nose tackle, or a depth piece? You know, obviously Austin Johnson started all 17 games for the Giants yeah. last year, came into the league with the Titans. I, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a healthy part of a rotation line. 
I, look, I, I, I don't think when, when you think about defensive linemen, don't think about them as starters yeah. or, you know, that they're going to rotate. You know, it just comes down to snap counts, really, is what we're talking about, as opposed to, is he a starter? Is he out there on the first play? I mean, think about, okay, what are they in? Are they in dime? Are they in nickel? Are they, like, what? who are they playing? You know, how do they approach that? So I, I think, you know, you're talking about a rotation as it stands right now with Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Braden Fajoko, I think are probably your top three. I think Andrew Brown is still on the roster. So he's probably in that mix. And I think they'll continue to have Forrest Merrill is still on the roster. He'll be in that rotation. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Tillery, who, you know, who played more outside than, than inside a little bit. So, you know, yeah, that's, they're all going to be, it's funny. This, that's the second, oh, Christian Cummington, Joe Gaziano. Those guys were both brought back. So yeah, yeah I mean, look, you, you got, you got a rotation, but yes, he is going to get uh, the majority of the snaps, you know, at one of those interior linemen position. The more fresh bodies you can have on the interior um, and guys that fit what Coach Staley wants to do. He identified Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson as, the, I think, the prototypical defensive tackles for what he yeah. wants to accomplish up front. All right, we, we got a bunch of questions, Muddy, a lot of duplicates. People want to know okay. um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the same things here. Um, the, the first, uh, free agent signings to come, our guy Parrot and Flock with me. Uh, love listening to you guys. Um, Sean Merriman said the Chargers have uh, a, a big move coming potentially. Any hints? Uh, are there any more potential last-minute free agent signings? Parrot asks, you know, I have no idea. I think they have the space if they wanted to. But, um, I, I mean, shoot, man, the first wave was, was pretty hefty in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, this is, this is the value, you know, window. And, and the thing is, I don't know how much movement's going to be out there right now, just because a lot of times teams wait for the draft now. Yeah. And then what they can't fill in the draft, they go out and fill, you know, in free agency. So like, think about somebody that we have talked about repeatedly when we talk about depth on the defensive line, Akeem Hicks, someone that coach Staley is familiar with played with Khalil Mack. He's, you know, a little bit older now in his early thirties, you know, they we're, we were talking about trading for him and, and sending a, you know, pretty valuable pick at the trade deadline for a team Hicks to try to fix this run defense, a second, a third, maybe to go get them instead of second nets to Khalil Mack, you know? So I think when you, when you start looking at, at, you know, depth pieces, you know, can you do, can Dwayne Brown move to right tackle? Is that, you know, there, there's some big names, out there still. Um, so and I think that the difference though, it, there's, there's big names that probably won't command big salary. Cause right. You know, maybe, maybe you hear a name, you hear a name like Julio Jones, for instance, right. right? He's a big name, but he's not getting 19 mil a year. Like he, he did in Atlanta and you yeah. know, in Tennessee. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and I, I, I want to say it was, I think it's a bill Parcells saying, I'm pretty sure it's a bill Parcells saying, the one thing you have to be careful of, and he would say that I, God, I feel bad if it's not Bill Parcells, but I'm pretty sure it's him. He calls them uh, development inhibitors. You know, you, you fall in love with the name and all it is is a veteran who's at the end of his career and the twilight of his career. And they're not going to give you what they gave earlier or in the prime of their career. And they're keeping a young player off the field. So now you're not developing a young player. Now you're not looking at a young player that might be an Austin Eckler. You know, instead you've signed, or let's say you've signed Melvin Gordon because he's still out there to come back. And it's like, okay, is he giving you at this age, at nearly 30 years old, is he giving you what X, you know, fourth or fifth round draft pick or second year player might be giving you, but he's taking snaps away. So that's the one thing you got to be careful of. Now, look, every now and then you'll see that like incredible, holy cow, how did that guy last this? Like, look, look, Tyron Matthews still out there, yeah. you know? And it's like, what is, what is he looking for? What is he waiting for? Is he comfortable at his age, you know, taking a one-year deal to take a big swing at another Super Bowl? Would he like to stick it to the Chiefs twice a year and play on a defense with Derwin James? Like, like those are the, the discussions that I'm sure start coming up, you know, when you call his agent, you say, look, this is all we got. You know, if you've got 
four or five year deal sitting out there, I totally understand. It's a violent game and your career can be over tomorrow. But if you're shopping one year deals, come back and talk to us and, and let's see if we can put you on a team that's really good where you can excel and then you can dip back into the free agent market next year and go get that big deal. It's such an important point. I'm glad you you mentioned the and if it was Parcells de- development inhibitors because those are guys that I'm sure Chargers fans are looking at who's available for free agency and you see a lot of these big names but just remember there's guys on this roster now that are entering their second year or will be rookies here in a couple of months with the team that can contribute and I I use Darwin James right. as an example he was a first team all pro uh, at this time in 2018 we had zero clue that Derwin James was going to be a charger impact the defense the way he did in route to a 12 and four season and a win in the playoffs. So they're, they're going to be guys that the chargers draft um, or guys who they drafted last year who are going to have an impact. And if you bring in a big name veteran in name only kind of in the twilight of his career, perhaps that stunts the, the, the growth of some of these guys. Yeah. I mean, look, again, there's, there's a ton of players. There's a ton of players out there. I mean, Riley Reef is still out there, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he's still out there. Could be. I think he is. So, like, but is is Riley Reef at this particular time in his career? And I'm trying to look up whether or not he's signed or not. I mean, he's 33. He's dealt with some injuries. Um, is he is is Brett is is Hymas ready to play? Yep. Is Trey Pipkins ready to play? You know, are you just signing someone that's got a name? You know, I mentioned Dwayne Brown earlier. I'm just thinking of that right tackle position. Or did they feel like giving Hymas a full year to acclimate to guard after playing both tackle positions at Nebraska, that they're now ready to kick Matt Filer out to right tackle and they're comfortable now putting Hymas or re-signing Abushi and putting him next to Rashawn Slater to lock up that left side with Corey Lindsley. And now, oh, you know what? Matt Filer's a better right tackle than anybody else we got out there on free agency, even though you may not think of him as a great right tackle because he played guard all of last year. I, I hope that makes sense. Like that's, that's the stuff they got to sort through right now. Well, again, I feel like money is just segueing right to the necessary questions here. Uh, we have a ton of right tackle O-line questions, and okay. we have a ton of Ode Abushi questions. we got a lot of Abushi yeah. fans, man. Um, they played let well. Me, let me just buzz through some of these, and we can just try to hit on some of the main topics. Uh, the planet right tackle, Johnny C. wants to know, uh, right tackle from the other L.A. Phil, thoughts on how this eventually may be addressed, draft, free agency, someone on the roster. Our guy, Brian Rick, wants to know about the right side of the O-line, and you talked about the fact that you could potentially move Matt Filer out to right, Hymas, left guard. Um, Brian Utu wants to know uh, what the combination of O-linemen will look like next year, defensive lineman two. And then Zogo uh, wants to know what the offensive line situation will look like come September. So I guess we could start with right tackle and, and kind of go from there. Um, there's obviously a, uh, some in-house options. Um, Matt Filer being one of them. Um, there's that 17th overall pick. And then you mentioned that you still have the tool of free agency. Yeah. So look, I think what, what would they prefer? I think they prefer to do it in house and save some money and save some draft equity. You know, I think if they feel like they can do it, um, then they will. But at the same time, you know, you can't go out there and do what you did last year after Abushi went down. Uh, it what do changed we think everything. Of Trey Pipkins? What do we think of Trey Pipkins money? I have no idea. Look, I, I, I don't know. He's got, he's got what, two or three years. He's got three years, right? This is his fourth year. I believe so. He, okay. So he's got two and a half years of disappointment of, he does not look like he belongs on the field. And, and, and devil's advocate, third round pick, small school was going to be right. a, a project. And I thought he played pretty well when Slater was out on that Thursday night game. So that's what I'm talking about. So yeah. then you have this, so just think of it. Let's just talk about it as a pie. You've got a pie that's 100%. Of that pie, 90% of it is, I don't think this guy's going to make it. Then there's 10%. And that 10% is the most recent 10% where you're like, yeah. you know what? Look pretty good. Look pretty good. They didn't have to shade a ton of tight end help over there. They did a little bit, but not a lot. It was a high impact Thursday night football game. And he played well. So... Like you said, South, what is he? Sioux Falls, like Sioux tiny, Falls. tiny school has the, has the build, has the length, has the athleticism, just didn't have the coaching maybe 
did it click? Did it finally click? Did they bring in a, a group of coaches that were finally able to communicate with him, you know, what he needed to hear to understand how to play the position? So uh, I'm not surprised he's still on the roster. I, I think he's certainly going to be given a shot because when called into action, he played pretty well. Um, at the same time, I think there's, I, I think it's a really good offensive tackle class. I think it's a really good offensive line class this year. Um, so if you end up getting some, you know, we talked about this last week, if quarterbacks end up going at, let's just say Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis both go ahead of 17. Well, now you might see a slide, you know, now maybe, um, Penning is there for you at right yeah. tackle. And he is a prototypical, I am going to uh, humiliate you. Your children are going to think less of you at the end of this game. Like he's that <laughs> kind of right tackle. So like he's exactly what you would want to combine with Slater. Um, if he's there, I think he it, it is a serious conversation um, about, okay, why would we not take him knowing how important that position group is? To us, there's also some really good guards. You know, Zion Johnson's starting to make some noise as a super clean interior lineman prospect. And that's typically what you see, you know, like right around 15 to 24 is when you get that, hey, this is the number one guard in the draft. This is, you know, this is where Zach, now Quentin Nelson was a different deal, man. That guy was, yeah. you know, people's number one player in the draft. But like, that's typically where the Chargers are picking is where you see the Zach Martins go, the guys that are listed as the number one interior lineman. So I think, you know, I, I do think it could be addressed in the in the draft, in the draft as well. If, but I think that's going to be predicated on um, quarterbacks going uh, ahead, at least two of them. And, and I think we know this: we know left tackle is going to be Rashawn Slater. We know. Corey Lindsley is going to be the center. Right. Will Matt Filer go from left guard to the right side remains to be seen. Right. Filer's going to be on the field. And yeah. I would like to bring Abushi back 100%. I thought he yep. played fantastic last year. Andres, Beckham Browning, Jeff Bolts all asking about Abushi and, you know, wanting to, to bring him back. I thought he was really solid when he was on the field. Um, Hymas is another guy that, that a lot of fans are talking about and, and want to see what he's capable of. And, you know, we didn't see him on the field during the regular season. It was just that, that, you remember that first game against the Rams and that yeah. small little sample size with him and Slater looked pretty good, realizing that it's preseason. But um, is he a guy that you can potentially count on? And, you know, you talked about in-house options. He could right. be one of them. Look, I thought I thought in the preseason he looked better than Balaga. You know, that's and that's not me saying that because Brian's no longer with the team. I just thought he did. You know, I mean, we were we knew that Brian wasn't right. We knew it. I mean, you could see it you know, in, in training camp and in preseason, it was like, hey, guy's still not right. And, and Hymas, I thought, played much better than he did in the preseason. And that's when we got a little bit excited about it. Like, oh, wow, okay, in-house yeah. option. There's your right tackle. Way to go, Tom Telesco, you know, JoJo and your staff, you know, kicking tail and, and, getting, and getting a guy in the fourth round, you know, that had an exceptional career at Nebraska, never missed a snap, played both tackle spots. Um, and then we never saw him again. So, you know, hopefully – uh, what we saw in that preseason last year is also because you're going to need depth. We know that, right? I mean, Storm Norton was out there, had to sign Michael Schofield when Abushi went down. Like Trey Pipkins had to play left tackle in one game. Like we know that it's going to happen. So like that's something to also remember. It's not just about who's starting. It's like, hey, what's your depth look like? Because it's going to come into play. Yeah, we're in this in-between phase of, of that first and second wave of free agency in the draft, and we'll know a heck of a lot more in a month as to what that offensive line is truly going to look like in 2022. All right, guys, a quick break to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85-plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like Key Plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the Key Plays view right in the YouTube TV app catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. Money, uh, we, we've talked about this, I think almost every week, uh, the running back two spot. Um, we have three questions, Miguel, JMO, Jermaine, all want to talk about um, coaches comments yesterday, I believe, uh, saying that they may look to the draft for that running back two. Um, and basically who could that guy be, you know, uh, three different questions about the running back too. Um, I think coach did also mention like, 
you know, if it's a free agent, I think that's the type of position he said you can kind of onboard late and, and still get that production. Um, but I wonder with, without that second round pick, um, I guess you're looking to the third or maybe you trade back and get, you know, accumulate some picks, maybe get a second round back. And maybe that's the, the time you try to get yeah. on back. You know, my interpretation of that is that you're talking about a day three pick, you know, that the, the way that, it was, you know, and, and I think we've seen that. Look, we've seen day three picks, you know, have great impact. Um, it, and again, we've seen day two picks. You know, there, I don't, there, yes, you know, the, when you look at Edwards Alaire, that was just such a perfect fit for kind of the way the Chiefs play. And, go like and 32 that year. He, he was as the last pick in the first round, yeah. you know, whether or not Brees Hall, that that's the one that I think could probably. If you have a team at the back end of the first round that feels like, hey, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna start. He's a three-down back. He's great in pass pro. It's better than you know. He is, even though it's not a premium position per se. He's more talented than anyone else at these other positions since you know thirty-one players have gone before him or whatever it may be, thirty or 30, twenty-nine. So that's the one. Seems like Kenneth Walker. Um, I don't know if I could see him going in the first. I love the way Kenneth Walker runs. I'm a big fan, but he's going to end up going in the second round. Um, you know, it's, and then it just becomes, you know, which one of these later round picks pops, you know, because it's going to happen. There's always one or two and there's undrafted free. Agent. I mean, the ba- again, I, we keep saying it. The best back on the chargers roster was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. You know, it's it, so like that's that's it's a tricky position. And unfortunately, you know, fourth and a fifth round pick and Josh Kelly and 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 Larry Roundtree have not grabbed it. You know, it's been there for them to take and they just have not been able to grab it. I, I think we keep saying it. Justin Jackson has grabbed it. Unfortunately, he lets it go because he grabs it one week and then he's gone for three. So, you know, were it not an injury issue with Justin, I don't think there's any question they feel like they've got the number two back on the roster. So. Um, uh, to me, that's more of a day three. I don't think it's free agency. Um, I don't, I, I can't see anybody, you know, getting cut at a running back position that, you know, Saquon's not getting cut and no one's taken on that salary. Yeah. You know, that's the one that everybody keeps pointing to, uh, cause the giants still got to move some money around, but I just don't, I don't see that as, as being the answer. Yeah. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. I, I just I look at like Jonathan Taylor going in the second round, and if you can get that type of impact player right. in the second round and add to your offense, I don't care what kind of offense you are, um, you're, you're going to be much better than you were the year before. So the, the thing is, the Chargers, I, I think it's 17 now, not having that second round pick, it does make you think, do, do, can they move back? Um, do they see a couple of guys that they can identify maybe late in the first and then uh, another second um, where they can – you know, like I'm, a lot. so, so I'm going through and I'm trying to just because it's, there's so many of them and I've been just doing so much. I just did wide receivers. So I, I haven't really looked at running backs recently, but like Brian Robinson is a perfect example of a day three guy, right? When you think about what Austin Eckler is and what you want to bring into the room, I mean, you're talking about six two two thirty thumper for, for Alabama, but also has some explosiveness, you know, has some suddenness in him. So that's, you know, Zamir White, six foot two twenty out of Georgia. Like those are the guys. Like to me, that's. I would really like to see him get uh, them get a big back. You know, a big, angry, yeah, physical. You've been saying, you've been saying back, that. yeah. Like that to me is. I want to see complementary, not just complementary football, but complementary position groups. You know, where we know how good Austin is and and how what a threat he is in the pass catching game. But man. On those third and ones, third and twos, fourth and ones, I want a thumper, you know, where you spread them out and you know, like that to me is, I just have this vision. It's like, okay, on those fourth and ones, I want to see the offense spread. I want the threat because Justin Herbert is such a threat as is Keenan and Mike Williams and Gerald Everett's going to be a threat. Spread them out, make them honor it, and then hand it to a guy that's clocking in at 220, 230 into a light box because they have to spread it out too and get your one yard like that's that's my vision of what I would like what I would like to see it speaks exactly to what Staley's been saying all offseason a complete team to to have a complete team you have to have guys that do that to compliment players like Austin 
All right, uh, a couple linebacker questions. This comes on the heels of Kaiser uh, White going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this is a good question from Andrew. Would love to hear the discussion on how the linebacker room suits Staley's idea for the position where each have their strengths relative to what the defense requires in sub packages. And then what are your thoughts on the linebacker group as a whole that comes from Los 626? I'll just tee up here, you know, Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray. Um, I think when you're talking about Kenneth Murray, uh, I think they identified him as a guy that is going to have to pick up a lot of what Kaiser did last year. He started six games. I think he had 31 total tackles. They're going to have to see that production really, really skyrocket and then identify a couple other guys um, who can really join that linebacking group. Yeah. So, you know, to me, if I'm, if I'm ranking it, you know, I think Tranquil is an exceptional player. I, I think he is a, I think in, in terms of linebackers across the league, he's in a, a conversation of he's one of the better ones. You know, I, I think there is a decided difference in the Chargers defense when he's on the field. Um, I don't he know. He didn't even start the year, which is yeah. crazy, you know? So, like, I'm a, I'm a huge Drew Tranquil guy. You're right. Kenneth's got to figure it out. Um, we know it's in there. We saw it in Oklahoma. We see the athleticism. We see it in testing, whatever, whether it's injury, um, which I know he's been banged up, you know, but that's, he's got to take a step. He just has to, you know, far too often, you know, those run fits just weren't there and it led to big plays and it's just, you know, it's a beat. It's not necessarily about how fast you can run or how much ground you can cover. You've got to be able to diagnose, identify attack. And, and I think that's what he's got to kind of, develop um and once he does look out because he's got everything else that's for sure the one name that that i don't think anybody brings up enough and it's because he got hurt but it's amen yeah. like to me amen's next in line like amen's and i think that's a big reason why they were comfortable letting kaiser go look that that position in this style of defense is always going to pile up a ton of tackles it's just the way the defense is designed you know, you have a too high shell. You're keeping everything in front of you. You know, you've got guys firing off the edges, you know, in, in Bosa and Mac, and you're going to get those short gains. So you're going to have a lot of tackles in that intermediate range. And that's how you end up with 140 of them for linebackers. It's just the way the defense is set up. So I think people got attached to the stats for Kaiser. Uh, and I'm not taking anything away from them. I just think the way that Brandon Staley looks at it is, yeah, that's, that's what a linebacker should be able to do. Any linebacker should be able to do that in this defense because of how it's aligned. You know, yeah. that's where the tackles have to be made. And look, Kaiser made them. So, like, to me, Amon's the guy that I think ends up sliding in there um, for, for Kaiser. And, and again, another great job by the front office, identifying a guy that was undrafted um, and is, I think, in line to, to challenge for some pretty good, you know, pretty good chunk of snaps every game. Kenneth had over 100 tackles his rookie year, too. So, I mean, it, we we saw those flashes his rookie season, and I know he had some some tough luck with injuries. Yeah. So he was hoping year three you can really get comfortable in, in this Brandon Staley defense. And just one more thing on Kaiser White. He gets to go home. I think he's he was born like 90 miles from Philadelphia. Yeah. You know? And I'm really happy for him. He, he, he had a really good year. Um, He, he put on some weight, and he, he really – hit the ground running in this Staley defense and, and Brandon Staley was very complimentary yeah. of him after the fact um, going to Philadelphia, that this is just a tough side of the business where you can't pay everybody. And, you know, the Eagles going to get a good linebacker now. Yeah. Look, and I think for people that say, Oh, it was only 5 million bucks, whatever. Yeah. It's 5 million bucks. You got to sign Derwin. It's a lot of, <laughs> you know, it's it, a lot of money it, right now, right? It it's is a lot of money it's, right now. It's not about the, it's a one-year deal. It's, it's about, it's 5 million bucks off your cap in 2022. And as they're trying to put this puzzle together, you know, that's look, I think what is, what is Khalil's number this year? I think it's 8 million the way they structured the, the, the deal. So just think about that. You know, that it's, it's not about how much they gave him for the one year. It's about what it does to impact the cap this particular year with the business. They feel like they still got to get done. Yeah. You, you got to fill out your roster with, with draft picks and, and guys right. on the back end too, to, to, really feel that complete team that Staley wants money. We got four questions about a wide receiver at 17. I, I mean, people are, people are, are not, I don't know if they're dreaming. I don't know what it is, but they're really excited about the prospects. Both of 15. If we were to take a wide receiver in the draft, who's your preferred prospect? Brian LaRue says that he, he's kind of comparing the Jamar chase to the Bengals. 
um, and the wonders it could do for potentially the Chargers. J.R. Ride, the reality of J.M.O. Williams, if he's on the board. I've heard the talk of Chargers taking Alave and Williams. Uh, what do you think of Traylon Burks? That's Dylan Tedder. Um, a lot there. Let's just start uh, with your preferred prospect. It's 17 at the wide right. receiver position. Yeah, so like I said, I just went through wide receivers. Uh, and, you know, uh, Jameson Williams ain't going to be there at 17. He, <laughs> okay, he's just, <laughs> put that away. He's not, he's not, you know, I wish he was. I would love for him to be. That's the guy. He's he's the best. He's it is incredible to watch him. It's like watching. And I think because, you know, because of the injury, I didn't I kind of kind of just I put it out of my 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 mind. And I've been watching Burks and Alave and Wilson. And then I was like, all right, let's keep going and, and let's get through the, the rest of these guys. And man, it is a cartoon. It is. It's just and it's. He's obviously he's incredibly fast. Did you have Alave visions is, of Herbert throwing 60 yard bombs to him? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I got visions of. Like when you go back and you watch, just watch, you know, they, they it's wonderful what we can now do. I don't have to go through whole games anymore. I can just there's different tabs that I can click on with the, the interface I have. I can do touchdowns. I can do explosive plays. I can do drops. You know, I can do catches over 20 yards. Like when you watch what Jamison Williams does. He'll be double covered. He will catch a ball that Bryce Young threaded between these two defenders, and it looks like they're going to converge and tackle him. You blink your eye, and he's gone. He's three steps away from them. He's got, he's got that burst. So, A, he's fast, and then the second he puts his hands on the ball, there's another gear, and it's pace. And it's like when the corners thinks they've got it figured out, he'll slow down, and then he'll just explode and speed up, and he is the best. <laughs> and he's dealing with an ACL, and it reminds me of Jeffrey Simmons when he was coming out of Mississippi State, the defensive tackle, and everyone's like, oh, what a bummer for Simmons. He tore his ACL. He's one of the five best players in the draft. And the Titans, I don't remember where they picked, 14 or 15 or something like that. But yeah, yeah. They scoop him. Yeah, yeah, we'll take him. And remember when he made his return against First the Chargers against in the week Chargers. five, yeah. and he destroyed the offensive line and yeah. destroyed Phillip Rivers and destroyed Melvin Gordon. And it's like, yeah. Take the guy. Okay, so he doesn't show up until week six. You're not drafting for week one. You're drafting for the next five years. So my prediction is all of these mock drafts that you see, uh, Garrett Wilson one, Drake London two, uh, Chris Olave three. No, it's that, that ain't how it's going to happen. I, 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 am, I am, unfortunately, I am certain that Jamison Williams is going to end up, he's going to end up, if he's not, I'm going to listen. It's, it's bad form, but I've done it before. What are you going to do? I'll be right here. Bop, 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 bop. You better take them. You better take them. You better take, <laughs> I will, I will pepper those people. I, I will, I will be peppering them. If he's sitting there at 17, letting them know now, thankfully for charger fans, I won't give any uh, hints, but thankfully they have not listened to me in the past because things would have been considerably different if they had on a couple different occasions. Um, right. So you crushed, but, uh, you but crushed yeah. J ride one night, six his his hopes of having Jameson Williams on the board at 17, who would be your preferred prospect. If, if it lines up the way you think it is and Jameson Williams is not there, who would be your preferred prospect at, at 17? Look, I think I think there's there's so many good defensive players in this draft. There's yeah. there's you know if and again we're doing this and Stingley has not done his pro day yet. So if you get medical in there and the doctors go in and check him out and they feel like yeah this guy's had some nagging injuries these last two years, but he looks right now. You know I think that's got to be a serious consideration because he was electric at corner his freshman year. I mean, he looked like he was tracking to be the number one overall pick. That's how good he had played. So, you know, between him and McDuffie, Sauce Gardner's going in the top five. One of the, here's something that's interesting that's, that's starting to make the rounds. Um, and that could be a Kyle Hamilton slide. So I, I thought Kyle Hamilton was going to be picked in the first three picks. Like I, I was like, you know, I, I could see Detroit taking him at two. I could see Houston taking him at three. And for people who don't know who he is, he's a safety out of Notre Dame. He is gigantic. He is six foot four, 220 pounds. And his, his testing was not good. He ran a four, five, nine at the combine and then ran a four, seven, oh, at his pro day. But just watch him watch Notre Dame football. Like you, you will pick when you watch them play defense, you'll find him immediately. Like he is everywhere. So 
Like if he slides and you start thinking about these hybrid defenses, um, you put him and Derwin on the field at the same time, holy hell. Like that's, that's another one that's intriguing. You know, what are teams going to do with Jordan Davis? You know, coming out of the combine, it was like, he ain't going to be there at 17. And he still might not be there. But at the same time, if they believe that he is too much of a two-down player, that for whatever reason, he just doesn't have the stamina to be out there for 40 snaps, and he's only going to give you 25, then does he slide to 17? I already talked about Trevor Penning. I don't think any of the others. I don't think, you know, obviously Icky and, and Neil – uh, cross, they're not going to make their way down. Uh, Penning might. So that's a possibility. We talked about the wide receivers. I'd love it if Jamison Williams was there. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think Garrett Wilson is going to be. And that's the other thing, too, of how things change, right? Like when Christian Kirk got 18 million bucks and Tyree Kill got $75 million and Devontae Adams got $28 million a year, well, now that changes the calculus because now it's like, okay, I'm going to draft a wide receiver. So I get four years plus one if it's a first rounder. So I get five years of cost control at a position that's now, if you're Christian Kirk, you're making $18 million a year. Like I mean, that's for him. That's crazy. Yeah. So like, that's how that's now something that you have to put into your formula. Like, am I better off drafting a wide receiver here instead of an interior lineman, knowing what we just paid Corey Lindsley compared to what they just played Devontae Adams. Like that's, now got to come into the conversation of, you know, how much are these guys making in free agency versus having them on a rookie deal and being able to control that number. And look, Jamar Chase, what's he worth? He's a second year player. If he were on the, if he were on the open market right now, he's getting 25 million bucks a year. Easy. He's going to make $4 million next year. Easy. You know? So it's like, that's, that's what now comes into to play as well. Uh, Traylon Burks, did you watch any of his tape from Arkansas? I did, yeah. He's he's a great player. He's a huge player. Um, at the same time, I just I, – I don't know what it – I can't put my thumb on it. Um, it has nothing to do – I'm not pretending to be some sort of talent evaluator. It's just what I heard at the Combine, and it was interesting. You know, there were enough people before he did his run and, you know, before he did the drills, before he had his, his workout – there were just a couple people that were like, not sure, man, not sure about trailing, you know? And, and so that for whatever reason is just a seed that's planted in my head and, and, you know, hopefully I'll be able to shake it. Uh, Cause man, it's again, impressive. He's a giant dude. I mean, he is thick. He is physical, uh, had an exceptional season, certainly looks athletic enough. That was just my only concern is there were a couple people that were saying, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like he's in the same. He goes, you know, to me, it's, it's Williams, Alave, London, Wilson. Those are, those are my guys. So, uh, I'll button up this conversation with this. And listen, I'm not opposed to a wide receiver at 17. If it happens, I think fantastic. But they drafted a guy named Joshua Palmer last year. Yeah, and he had a pretty good close to the 2021 season. Somebody asked about Joshua Palmer taking that next step in year two as well. And there's one football guys and there's Keenan Allen, there's Mike Williams, there's Austin Eckler, there's Joshua Palmer, there's Gerald Everett. There's a lot of guys on this team that are capable right. of making plays consistently. So I'm not opposed to, I mean, shoot, man, if Jameson Williams is there. That's to me, that's the difference, Chris. Okay. Yeah. He's game changer. Yeah. That's a different level that like to me that, Jameson's the one guy that changes everything. Like yeah. he's just that you're a defensive coordinator. You go to bed at night going Justin Herbert, Jameson Williams. Oh God, you gotta yeah. be kidding me. Like to me, that's, that's the kind of player he is. And to, if we keep saying complete team. That's the guy. That's the burner, right? That, that, yeah. That's the guy who adds this, this really scary Tyreek Hill like uh, element to your offense that yeah. you have. To and I, I think it was, and it was, I think it was something Brandon Staley said, right? Like three weeks ago, he's like, yeah, look, it's great to have a four, three guy out there, you know, but the defense isn't going to honor them. If they're not afraid of them, you can contain that speed. It's you've got to be the whole package. It's not just clocking in the four threes that changes a defense. You know, they have to fear you and just, you know, I'm not saying Jamison is Tyree kill. I'm just saying, think about, you know, how you feel about Tyree kill versus Will Fuller, who runs in the four high four twos, low four threes. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's fast receivers and then there's receivers that freak you out. 
Um, and to me, that's what Jamison's going to end up being. And I think Jalen Waddle is on his way, and that's why the, the Dolphins ended up taking him where they did. I think he's kind of on that pace to be that type of player as well. And, and remember, we talked about him last year when we were talking about, I was like, look, Jalen Waddle's there. Then, then let's, let's have that conversation, you know, thinking Slater was going to be off the board. And we were talking about it. Okay. It turns out none of those pay. Jamar exactly. Chase wasn't there. Waddle wasn't there. Demarcus right. Smith wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, I remember having the conversation though. We were talking about, okay, is it Darasaw as the third tackle? Yeah. Is it Quiddy pay as the next edge rusher? Who would have, you know, and I remember saying, look, the wide receiver I want is knowing that Jamar Chase was going to be gone, but we thought maybe Waddle was going to make it there. And like, that's, that's the category that I put Jamison Williams in. Like it's that explosive type of speed. Huge mailbag today. We're going to end it with this money. And, you know, I'm not really one for predictions anyway, especially on March 31st. Yeah. Right. Rico modern world says, I know the schedule hasn't been released, but your honest opinion how will the season go in terms of record? Will wants the way too early 2022 record prediction. I can't give you a record prediction, man. Like you, what you said last week really resonated that there could be three teams. Although I, I think two teams will make it at least from the AFC West, but there could potentially be three teams from this division, which a lot of people are saying is the best division of football in decades yeah. that don't make the playoffs. So could I see the Chargers winning nine games? Yeah. Could I see them winning 13, 14 games? Sure. But it's going to come down to injuries. The parity in this league is crazy. And I think you'd be nuts to make any sort of prediction for any team in the AFC right now. 100%. Um, I, I think projecting like a, you know, 12, 13 win season for any of the AFC West teams is just irresponsible. Like to me, it's just... Yeah. It's too tough. And again, the AFC West has to play the NFC West. So you're playing the Rams, Super Bowl champion Rams. You're playing the 49ers and that nasty defense and that Kyle Shanahan coached offense. And, and, you know, let's see what happens with the Cardinals, you know, and Kyler Murray. Can they kind of figure things out? And because if they can, look, Kyler's a nightmare to game plan for. We know that. So they won. They were 10 and 0. So, like, you've got the AFC West, I mean, you have the NFC West on your schedule and then you've got, you know, what looks to be a bit of a break in the AFC South. And then Matt Ryan gets traded in Indianapolis. You know, it's like, Oh, great. You know, and the Browns is Deshaun. When do the chargers play the Browns? Do they play him when Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback? Cause Deshaun Williams is suspended or do they play him when Deshaun Watson is the quarterback and he's, he's out there because that certainly is going to change the way you feel about the Browns. So like there's, it's a nightmare. It, it's Listen, the schedule's a nightmare. The tight, I mean, you say AFC South Titans defense, uh, Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, they finished with the best record in the AFC last year. And listen, man, I, I think you wipe the slate absolutely clean at Jacksonville with Doug Peterson and, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that offense was not close to what it should have been last year. And I know that Christian Kirk and, and Zay Jones aren't Jamar Chase and DeAndre Hopkins, let's say, but, but Trevor Lawrence with Travis Etienne and James Robinson, like, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, this elite team, but I, I think they'll be a tougher out than they were last year for sure. Certainly. Yeah. No, I mean, look, then, then being coached by a guy who doesn't know who Aaron Donald is. Yeah. They're going to yeah. be much tougher, <laughs> right? I mean, much, much tougher to face this year. Um, and look, we talked about how, how much should we talk about Tyreek Hill? You got to face Tyreek Hill next year. Yeah. You know, uh, at, you at home. Instead of twice though. Get them, get them once on the fast track in L.A. on the turf, you know, with Miami. And, and that, that headache of Mike Kosicki and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and, and Raheem Mostert, just all that speed out there, you know. So it ain't easy. You know, it ain't I, – I think, I think anything above 11 and 6 as a winner of the AFC West is foolish. I just – I think with the way the schedule is lined up, I cannot see – a team that that is separated that much from the group that they could throw up 12 wins, you know, to, to go 12 and five, to go 13 and four. I just don't, I don't think that makes, it doesn't make sense to me with how tough this division is and how talented it is. Agreed. You like the mailbag? I like the mailbag. Yeah, it was fun. Hopefully it's what the people wanted. I think it's what people wanted. We should do it again before the draft. Um, Maybe we do it the week before. 
and get you all set for the the 2022 NFL draft. But yeah, I'm sure by uh, then I'll have another favorite flavor that I'm screaming and yelling about as I just watched Jamison Williams yesterday. Yeah, well, so. But you know, we do we do these these teases um, for Chargers Weekly. I think Jamison Williams <laughs> he should yeah. be the teases. I know, and it's funny. Like I put it out there yesterday after I watched him, I was like, hey, I'm looking at these mock drafts. I saw a mock draft yesterday. I'm not going to name the name. Didn't even have him in the first round. I was like, okay, listen, this is incredible. This is no. This guy in two it's, weeks. It's when why mock not draft, everyone should do a mock draft, right? Yeah, right. And it's so, and then I was getting a lot of flack on Twitter, you know, in the mentions like, shh, shh, I'm not sharing any secrets. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the the, the, the talent evaluators, they know they're, they're well aware. And I promise they're all just being quiet about it. And they're saying, oh, I don't know if we're comfortable taking a guy with an ACL. And that's what they're saying. And then the second pick six or seven or whatever comes up, it's like, beep, yep. Yeah, we're taking the guy with the ACL. Don't care. Yep. Don't in, care. In, in, case, in case you guys didn't remember last year and every year before that, this is misinformation season, too. 100%. Like these next four weeks, everything you hear, the opposite will probably happen on draft days. So. Yeah. Keep that 100%. in the back of your mind. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. For Matt Money Smith, I'm Chris Hayreed. This has been Chargers Weekly, powered by YouTube TV.